Okay, so the first thing we need to address is why is it 65 degrees in November? Why? Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Miscongeniality with Eli Rallo. That's me. Thank you so much for listening to another week. I have so many updates for you guys. I'm going to try to get through everything as soon as possible. It is currently Wednesday, November 10th at 10.46 a.m. when I'm recording this, just to give you context, because I realized I haven't been telling you when I'm recording things and you're listening to it afterward. Maybe it would be helpful to know. So, what happened since we last talked? I went to Nashville and I have my thoughts. Listen, my boyfriend went to Vanderbilt. Beautiful campus, beautiful school. I still like Michigan better. Happens bias. But Nashville, I had fun during the day. Like I first of all, I had a lot of fun. It was a great place. People are so nice. Food was good. All that good stuff. During the day, I had a great time. We did everything I like to do. We went out to brunch. We walked around. We took a tour of Vanderbilt. We sat outside near a body of water in Centennial Park. We did a pedal tavern. We danced. It was all my favorite things. The nightlife is not for me. And call me lame, call me boring, call me antisocial. I hated it. Like, I hated it. Like, the first night I was in these the bar Luke's and I was like, I need to go home. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm better than everybody else because I don't like to go out. Like, I wish I liked to go out. Like, I wish that that was my passion. In college, I used to like to go out a lot, but I just don't anymore. It gives me anxiety. I like don't feel like it serves me. And I just like feel awkward when I'm out. Like, I don't know what to do at a bar unless it's like um, a dancing bar or like a jazz bar or a comedy club. Like, I like stuff like that. And so it just felt First of all, like that bar was very college bar. So I felt like ancient, 100 years old. And I also just felt uncomfortable there. And I also was sober when I got there because I'm like trying not to like get hammered too often anymore. And it didn't feel like necessary. And so then I was like sober and I was trying to like get at least tipsy. And it was just so I didn't have fun going out. But of course, like I'm with the boys and like this group of guys and like I'm trying to be fun. And I think I was fun. And the thing is, like, it did not make me think like, oh, I don't like Nashville because I don't like going out. It's just that I think that that's the main thing to do there, if that makes sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like there's so many other things to do. Like in the daytime, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I think I would have liked to go to college there. Like it was it's a lovely place. But the nightlife, man, guys, I have never seen anything like this. There was like people getting resuscitated on the side of the road, people falling down the stairs. There was like a lot of like 60 year old men in the college, I was just like, whoa, there's so much going on for me. I just think I got like super socially anxious and kind of freaked out. So I didn't love the nightlife. In fact, I really, if I went back, I don't know if I would go out at night. I loved the pedal tavern though. The pedal tavern made it. Also just seeing Avery happy, like that's all I care about. And so, and Joey, his best friend is like the light of my life. And so like that was amazing. And like, like I said, it was so much fun, but I was like, kind of overwhelmed by the nightlife I didn't realize it was going to be that way I don't know what I thought like I just like I realized also I haven't gone out a lot lately like I went out on Halloween but before that like I've been going to dinners I've been going to events I've been like taking it easy with friends and like that's just the chapter I'm in 
And so, like, this is, if you are, like, the going out party hot girl queen right now, like, go the hell off. Like, I'm so happy for you. That used to be me in college. It was such a fun chapter of my life. But I feel like I'm in this other chapter now, which is equally as okay. Like, every choice is good. Where I'm, like, going out is not my thing. And it's not. And I'm trying, like, I am trying to be social as much as I can. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I am. So, that was overwhelming. But I met a lot of you guys. And it was so fun. And you're all so cute and friendly. And we made a cheese board and like it was just a great weekend. So I am happy to be back though, getting my shit together and like figuring out my life. Um, slowly but surely things are going on. I have some stuff coming up this week. I'm going to an event for Lee Denim tonight. I don't know why you guys care like the events I'm going to. I just like to share because it's fun. But I'll definitely bring you like along on Instagram stories. Um, by the time you're listening to this, the Instagram stories will still be up probably, but it will have passed. I am also doing a holiday giveaway with a jewelry company for this like absolutely stunning crystal turquoise necklace. I'm so excited. So stay tuned on Instagram for that. What else is going on? Like it feels like everything and nothing. Oh, I'm randomly going to see all these Broadway shows to rate them like on my Instagram (laughs) stories, which is so funny. And you know what? Like I'm actually going to tell a story. So in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I thought I wanted to be a theater critic um, really badly. And I don't know if you guys know this, but theater criticism doesn't really pay the bills. There's like a couple theater critics that are like big names. Most of them are men. They're all at the major publications, as you can imagine. The like two top dogs are Ben Brantley and Jesse Green at the New York Times. Ben Brantley's recently retired, but Jesse Green's still there. And I had a producing internship on Broadway and at my exit interview, my boss was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to be a theater critic. And he said, well, you know, follow your dreams, but there's no money in theater criticism. Also, theater criticism is dying. And also it turns people into cynics because they get super cynical. And he was saying it like not to be mean at all, like amazing person. And he's really smart. So I was just like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. So I kind of just like abandoned the dream. Um, and not that it was really the dream. It was just something that I was like super passionate about. I was like, I know so much about theater. I love to write like why not? Um, and now I really feel like I'm like doing theater criticism on Instagram stories, like out of the woodworks. Who would have thought? It's really fun though, because Broadway is really expensive right now. And I'm trying to like get my shit together with my finances and I just like can't afford to be buying tickets. And so I feel incredibly privileged that they're like sending me to these shows. Like I saw Jagged Little Pill, um, and I saw something at MCC, which is an off Broadway house, I believe. And then I'm seeing um, American Utopia tomorrow. And then I'm seeing Mrs. Doubtfire next week. And I'm seeing Diana on Saturday. So there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of critiques coming your way. I hear American Utopia is like basically critique less. It's so good. So that'll be exciting. A friend of mine from college is actually producing it. So I'm excited about that. So that's what's going on there in terms of like theatrical moment, um, which is random because I feel like I all but abandoned the theater world. And now here I am seeing shows for free, (laughs) which is funny. Uh, What else? Oh, we're having a Friendsgiving, Bangsgiving on Saturday. And our living room is quite small, so we can only fit like 10 people. But we're really excited. We're going to like dress up and do the whole thing and make TikToks and it's going to be beautiful. And then I'm kind of just gearing up for Thanksgiving. I'm going to Houston from Saturday, not this Saturday, next until Wednesday. And so I'm going to be in Houston with my boyfriend's family and then I'm flying back home for Thanksgiving Day. So it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot going on. It's going to be wild. It's going to be everything. And I'm looking forward to it. So never spent a holiday with a significant other's family. I went 
around Christmas to my exes and frankly it was like very uncomfortable that was just like given his family dynamic that I didn't really vibe with so I'm hoping that this is better and more fun and just great and amazing and yeah I have like a really insane phone call later I'm like I can't tell you guys what it's about it's so annoying that I can't I'm just like well these are my friends like you're not gonna let me tell my friends what's going on in my life you fucking bitch just kidding just kidding just kidding I love you if you're listening um (laughs) I'm feeling unhinged today my brother is going through a breakup and I'm a little sad for him I know that just came out of nowhere but I love that kid and like anyone who hurts my brothers they're gonna get like the wrath from me emotionally and mentally I would never actually do anything it's just like if you hurt my brothers like I'm gonna get fired up like they're my people so I'm feeling a little you know sad for him I'm also an empath and I'm the person in my family that all this stuff gets dumped on me classic shit and so I'm always like beep beep like hello I'm here don't dump all your shit on me but of course and I like I like to be that person I like to give advice um but I always have to like mentally reframe myself so that I can do that appropriately and so I am really sad for him today and it hurts that this is what he's going through and I just feel you know like I want to be there for him but he's in Michigan and it's hard and you know he's not super forthcoming with his emotions but send some good energy his way and if you're also experiencing a breakup or a falling out with someone I'm thinking about you it can be really tough going into the holidays but no it is for the better I'm also um sidebar like there's so many sidebars in this intro today but you know what there's a lot to cover I'm doing merch and I'm super excited. I really want to work with this sustainable brand that's based out of Detroit and it's all like ethical um, fashion consumption. And so it's like a really exciting opportunity to me. But currently they don't have like direct to consumer where you guys could like order my product on their website. So we're trying to to make that happen because I really want to use them but I simply don't think I have the emotional intelligence and or the ability to get all the orders shipped to me and then ship them to you guys I feel like that would be cumbersome and I don't really know how I would handle it so we're trying to figure it out because we're gonna do a hot girl merch so we're gonna do t-shirts and um crewnecks ironic elusive um weird and what's the other one party and doesn't know it I'm so excited I'm literally so excited so that that is just a dream that is a vision that is the energy of the year that is what I'm hoping and praying for to happen before the holidays I wanted to get it done as soon as possible so you can gift it to each other whatever you want to do and all the good things I'm trying to think if there's anything left that I wanted to share with you guys that's happened to me in the last week let me think oh yes we went to the Cynthia Rowley party last week it was gorgeous just delightful the public hotel man I'd never been there and got rejected one time with a fake ID stunning literally beautiful couldn't even believe that I was like there physically as an entity um that was nuts and then other than that was just Nashville peppermint twist vodka is back it's the only vodka I'll consume smearing off peppermint twist don't wear out the name hotel sex is in um there's no better sex like if you if you're ever feeling like your relationship is stale and mine isn't so this is not about me just in general I highly 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 recommend having the person if you guys can afford it book a hotel room for just one night because taking yourself out of your normal and typical location and routine and like doing something a little special and like showering together and wearing a hotel robe and like ordering some room service and then like set like lighting a candle and having a moment it's hot it's hot 
not I did not do that this weekend we literally just went in a hotel because like you know we were you know out of town but I was just thinking about you know what a great way to spice things up other thing that's really in right now is TJ Maxx run don't walk I literally like 50 bucks I got like 12 face masks lip masks eye masks serum face wash popcorn I bought everything you name it I bought it um yeah amazing oh holiday gift ideas I'm gonna do a solo episode next week and so we're gonna just go over everything we're gonna do a whole holiday episode about like going home for the holidays with your family significant others going home and seeing your ex hooking up with exes you know presents whatever all that bullshit anxiety eating disorders during the holidays you know it we're gonna do all of it so stay tuned but today I have an incredible episode an incredible guest her name is Sidoni. She is a creator on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. She also works at Google in a marketing job. She also went to Vanderbilt with Avery, which is how I first got in contact with her. And she is just absolutely so intelligent, wonderful, beautiful, and very, very, very honest with everything in her life that has led up to this moment and to the success that she has seen. She's an incredible resource. She just dives into everything. We talk about so many different topics from, you know, her experience at Vanderbilt, race, gender, working at Google, being a content creator, dating, like literally everything. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear the episode and I'm just going to let us get into it because it's a long one. Um, As always, if you need me, just my DMs are open. I love you very much and enjoy this week's episode and I'll see you next week. Okay. Hi guys. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited for today. I am here with the actual queen of my For You page. Like when I, when people say, oh, this person lives on my For You page, like you're getting her. This is who lives on mine. Her name is Sidoni. You may have seen her from her days in her life, her lifestyle videos. She is a associate product marketing manager at Google and the queen of every platform in my own humbled opinion. She's taught me a lot about what it looks like to work in corporate America at like a actual legitimate job. And I can't wait to get into like everything from dating in New York City to like what it's like to work at Google because quite frankly, it looks lavish based on the videos. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hi. (laughs) Oh my God. The the Google cafeteria is a five-star restaurant. Like, can we discuss that? It is. And I'm not going to act like it's not. I'm not going to act like it's not. Um, The Google cafeteria. So there's three in the building I work in. Then there's like six across the street. There's two in the building next door. And then three in the building that's like 10 minutes away. So it's it's a campus. It's a campus. Yeah. Like not in the same way as the Bay Area locations because they're not all like super close together. But the New York offices, I eat very good to the point where it's like, I need to start like being more attentive to what I eat because I'm like killing these desserts every day and I'm like oh shit but there's also that gym that's true but I haven't used it as much as I would like it's nice also okay I think I discovered like Google's luxury from the Bay Area video on TikTok like that super viral one that we were both commenting on and I never thought that New York had a similar thing happening like yeah so New York is interesting because New York is the second biggest office outside of the Bay Area that they have. Um, And New York is primarily like tech workers and a few non-tech people. So like marketing, sales, finance. And there are a lot of perks that exist in the Bay Area that don't exist in New York. So for example, the Bay Area offices have free laundry. So you can like bring your laundry to work and do them there. 
um, you know, there's like a hair salon at one of the Bay Area campuses. Um, You know, like there's a bus in the Bay Area that'll pick you up anywhere in San Francisco or in Oakland and will take you to work. That does not exist in New York. So, you know, I wish I could get on the G bus and go to work in New York, but I can't do that. So I take the E train (laughs) to work, but... I'm curious, like, and I want to ask you, like, questions about your whole life story, and we'll get there, but did you have, like, a decision about SF or New York, or did you want to be in New York, or did they hire you for New York? Yeah, um, so I was an intern in the New York office, which was literally just happenstance, because I was supposed to be in the Bay Area, and a week and a half before my internship, I had a family emergency, and I called my recruiter, and I was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to the Bay. Like, I don't I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I'm not going. Yeah. So either you guys relocate me to New York for my internship or, like, I'm just going to find a new job. And, like, so when that happened, I, like, started calling all my friends' parents and I was like, what do you have in your, like, at this company that you run? Like, can you help me? Yeah. So I lined up, like, two or three things in case Google didn't work out. And then they got back to me, like, four days before my internship started and they were like, hey, we can move you to New York. So I was in New York that entire summer. And when I signed my offer, they told me 95% chance you're going to the Bay. Um, so every single Monday for a year straight, I signed my offer September like 12th of 2019. And I didn't get my team assignment until like September 1st of 2020. And every single Monday, I would email my recruiter like, hey, just checking in on yeah. New York headcount. Like, let me know. Yeah, because like, I don't like the Bay Area. Like, just being completely honest because like there's no black people there and I just can't live anywhere where there are no black people like that is never gonna sit right with me um so when I got my team assignment the director for my team she was like yeah you can pick like New York Chicago LA or the Bay because that's where we have team members and I picked New York and my original manager was in the Bay Area but my team has gone through so many different reorgs and so many different managers over the past year that I finally have a manager in New York. His name is Kevin. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. I sit next to him. Love it. Um, and he's he's wonderful. I love Yay. Kevin. So I don't I don't think I'm ever leaving Kevin. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so before we get into Google, because I want to, I want to know. So really quick, we met at an event because you went to Vanderbilt, and so did my boyfriend Avery. And I had also seen your videos on my page, and so you were familiar to me, and I like really liked what you were putting out, and I was so glad that we met. But I want to know like everything from like you going to Vanderbilt before, what were you like in high school, all the way up until, like, you start making TikToks, like, give me it all. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'm just gonna start from birth, because yeah. I'm a Virgo, and I'm dramatic. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, which is a teeny tiny island in the Caribbean. Um, my mom is Guyanese, which is this country in South America that's, like, nestled between Venezuela and Suriname. It's the only English-speaking country in South America, which is oh, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and my dad is Trini, so they met in Trinidad, you know, were together for a couple of years, had me. And when I was four, we moved to the U.S., so we moved to Brooklyn. Um, I lived in East New York, which is, like, the border of Brooklyn and Queens, also known as the crime capital of Brooklyn, <laughs> um, which was not ideal. I lived there for the overwhelming majority of my life. Um, kind of shuttled back and forth between, like, public school and my neighborhood, which was objectively disgusting and failing, and the Horace Mann School in the Bronx, which is, like, an elite private school. And, like, usually it's, like, a feeder for every Ivy League school. Um, left private school when I was in middle school towards the end of it went to a public high school for my freshman year um, in Brooklyn called Benjamin Banneker Academy which was predominantly black 
which I was super excited about because my first time getting to experience that. Yeah. And then my parents were like, ha, ah, snatchies, bitch, give me that. We're moving. Oh um, and we moved. Yes, I was so happy there. And we moved to Queens, which is where we're currently in high the- school, which is like. I know. <laughs> like, I still get mad thinking about it. So we moved to Queens, and I ended up going to Forest Hills High School, which is, like, a huge school in Queens, like, 5,000 students, um, and I absolutely hated it. Um, it was a disgusting place to be. I was bullied severely following a breakup with this basketball player, and, like, these girls just, like, started tormenting me, and, like, I was not who I am now. Like, I was not able to defend myself. It was just so dramatic and unnecessary, and, like, as a result, I don't really, like, keep in contact with a lot of people I went to high school with. Like, I wouldn't say any of my close friends from high school come from Forest Hills. Most of them come from Banneker. Yeah. Um, with the exception of, like, three or four people, most of which are guys who were just always really nice to me, which is, like, disappointing because I hate being that girl who's, like, yeah. oh, my God, like, I'm friends with guys who have less drama because, like, I hate that. Yeah. But if that's who's nice to you, like, you got to surround yourself with the people that raise you up, not, like, the bitchy girls. Exactly. So, like, shout out Philip Taylor, because he's been, like, one of my best friends since I was, like, 15. When I was applying to Vanderbilt, it was, like, the one person in my corner outside of my mom, because everyone was, like, you're not going to get it. (laughs) Um, So, senior year of college, I got nominated, not senior college, senior year of high school, I got nominated for the Posse Foundation Scholarship, which is this full tuition scholarship for, like, students with great leadership potential. Um, And in New York, it's partnered with, like, 15 schools, Vanderbilt being the original policy school. So I really wanted to go to Vandy. Um, It was my number one choice. Uh, So I applied early there via posse, and then I applied early to a couple other schools. Um, And then I got in, and which is hilarious, because on December 15th, 2015, Yale Early Action and Vanderbilt ED came back the same day, (laughs) and I got into both, (gasps) and I really wanted to go to Yale, like, so bad. I was rejected, (laughs) same day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like I wanted to go to Yale so bad and I remember just like being at the posse interview and like being so stressed because like I knew that as a middle income person in New York City like my mom's a nurse like she makes over six figures but at the end of the day we live in New York City and the cost of living is incredibly expensive and I knew that like that simple number would negate me from need-based financial aid so when Yale came back with ten dollars and eighty six cents and mess my financial aid package, um, no, yeah, the decision sir. was kind of decision was kind of made for me. Um, so I went to Vanderbilt all four years. Thought about transferring on numerous occasions, but never left because my scholarship was directly tied um, to the university. It wouldn't transfer if I went to another posse school. Um, and Vanderbilt was trying to find nice words to describe it it was a fever dream is the best way to describe it for me I think there there's a very stark division between people who went to Vanderbilt there are white people and then there's everyone else (laughs) um and white people who went to Vandy love Vandy like they live and breathe for it they go back every time it's homecoming and then you see black people who are kind of just like "Mm, not so much (laughs) like not so much um Vanderbilt for me overall was a seven out of ten like and I say this because one I didn't have to pay for it if I put my own money into it it would probably be lower because I'd be like damn I'm giving the school 70k a year and I can't get an appointment at the counseling center for six months like that's crazy if you put your own money (laughs) exactly (laughs) if I put my own money into it um and there were some 
glaring problems with Vanderbilt between the racial dichotomy. So for example, you're either a part of Black Vandy or you're with everyone else. And if you're not in Black Vandy, like that is a point of contention, coupled with the fact that I was in a predominantly white sorority. Like there was a lot of like racial tension that exists at Vandy that isn't necessarily prevalent at other schools where Greek life isn't so huge. Um, had numerous crazy things happen to me. Um, for example, in Greek life, I wanted to be the president of my organization, was nominated, like, so essentially in Kappa, it's like there's a nominating committee and they read all the applications, they pick the best one, and 99% of the time, the person who's nominated wins, this girl named Grace, and I'm going to say her name because, like, I, I don't know her shit. Um, this oh, girl yeah. named Grace could test my nomination and her and her friends run a smear campaign against me. Like the things they were saying about me was just so heinous, but I was, I was in Denmark. So there was nothing I could really do about it. There was nothing I could say. Um, Yeah, I was broad. Um, So it just happened. And I was completely torn because I was like the first time I felt like an other in my organization. And it was just like, damn, I'm down so horrendous (laughs) right now. Like, oh Jesus. Um, and as a result, that caused an incredibly deep depression that occurred yeah. during the spring of my senior year to the point where like, I was trying to get an appointment at the counseling center and they told me they had a backup of like four months. And one day I called them crying and I was like, I'm going to off myself if you don't bring me in. So yeah. like up to you. And they were like, um, yeah, can you come in at 12? And I was like, yeah, I'll Just see I'll you be there. there. I'll, I'll see you there. there. 15 minutes early. Um, yeah, so, you know, got on <laughs> Exactly. I'll be like, I'll be there early. Um, so I did that. See, like, spring of my junior year ended up, like, turning out fine. Um, the fall of my senior year is what makes Vanderbilt a 7 out of 10 because Vanderbilt is never going to be a perfect place for the following reasons. Um, so senior year I'm excited you know I, I have a late birthday I was born in September mm-hmm. so I turned 21 at the beginning of my senior year I have a huge party at my apartment it's so fun I see all my friends I'm like I just feel like great and feel like very loved yeah. which like was really exciting for me because like I had birthday party trauma because my eighth birthday only like three girls in my third grade class came and then my 16th birthday um some people who weren't invited showed up and crashed my party no. so like I have birthday party trauma. So you're like, it's not um, so I don't a good throw memory. them. So. Exactly. So my 21st was like so fun and amazing. I had the time of my life. And like, I remember this one kid named Davi coming up to me and he was like, this is the only place I've ever been at Vanderbilt University where like I'm seeing sorority girls mingle with athletes and like battle rappers in the same room. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I I've never like ascribed to the idea of a friend group. I think that's stupid. Like oh, yeah. I, I just like being me and having and having a bunch of different friends. Yeah. And like that works out really well for me. But um unfortunately in the fall of my senior year one of my friends committed suicide and that was not great. Um, One, obviously, because like his family was in shambles Two, because it like, it ruined us. Like, like every single person he was friends with, like it just, like something switched in everyone on that day. And like, like the funeral, like I, like I tried to like trauma response, like block it all out because it was like so shitty. And then, you know, right when I think, like, things are getting better in the spring, boom, global pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, damn. I cannot. I gotta be at home. Yeah. 
you know, I was like, I'm at home and I can't see my psychiatrist because he's in Tennessee, so he can't prescribe me meds for New York. So then, like, I have to go through the whole telehealth thing. The next thing I know, six months pass and I start my full-time job. So overall, Vanderbilt is a 7 out of 10, and it can never be higher than that, strictly because my friend took his life there and then a global pandemic happened. Yeah. But, like, prior to that, it was an enjoyable space. Like, I, I saw it for what it was, like, at the end of the day, any elite institution of learning is going to be predominantly white and as a result is going to have racism ingrained into the culture. And like, it's really just a matter of how much racism can you take before you break. Yeah. And like, I had friends who broke and then I had friends where like it never mattered to them. Um, so, you know, it was a wide ranging span. And then I went to work. So here we are. So, wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry about your friend and also just like all of the trauma is like obviously unfounded but I'm curious you mentioned your sorority and I your video that just was viral on TikTok about it like it it is so fascinating to me and I'm really curious about that experience because I know how bad they can be at Michigan and I feel like in the south they're worse so I would love for you to like if you're wanting to like share that what that was like yeah um yeah so I came into college wanting to rush, primarily because that was the default option. Yeah. I went to college with a friend from high school. Um, he was a year older. He was also in a frat at the time. Um, and a lot of the people in the posse above me were in were involved in Greek life. Um, so me and this friend from high school, we had a falling out in the um, beginning of my freshman year. And he essentially told me that like I wasn't a real black person because I wanted to rush which was like hilarious considering that like he was white like so I was just like that's pretty fucking bold for someone who's from Spain like you know it's it's pretty fucking bold um and as a result like I had this like I entire like identity crisis and break where I was just like who am I I don't know so like didn't rush my freshman year my sophomore year, I ended up joining this organization called Eat for She, which was founded by this lovely girl named Ashley. And Ashley and I became really good friends, and she was the incoming president of Kappa at that time. Um, so as a result, I was just like, meeting a lot of her friends, and then there was this girl named Sangami. So when I was a freshman, Sangami spoke, spoke at like, this like diversity thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of asked her, I was like, you know, you said a lot, but like a lot of this feels really contradictory because like you're in a sorority with a bunch of white women who don't care about these things. So like, what are you doing? Um, and Loki was like a very aggressive line of questioning. Um, yeah. But she actually like took that and was like, no, you're right. Um, and worked on it. And like Sangami, Ashley, and then this girl named Dahlia, who was one of my friend's roommates at the time. They were like the three people really pushing for me to join Kappa. So I went through Rush, um, and for context, Kappa at Vanderbilt is like a top-tier sorority. Like, it's really stupid when you think about the ranking system. But um, went through Rush, got dropped from houses that my friends were in that were supposed to be, like, shoe-ins. Like, everyone and their mom thought that I was going to be a theta because, like, I went to Gulf Shores, which is, like, a huge trip that people do in the fall of um, sophomore year. Went to Gulf Shores with theta. So, like, if you go with a sorority, like, that's supposed to be the sorority you're joining – and Theta cut me first round, and I was, like, shocked. I was like, oh, my God, like, yeah. freaking the fuck out. Um, final round, ended up going to Kappa, which is, like, considered the top, and then AO Pi, which was considered the bottom. I actually think 
AOPI Bandy actually disbanded because their membership numbers were so low, to my understanding. And, like, the AOPI girls were so nice yeah. and so sweet to me. And, like, I think in the beginning, I convinced myself that, like, I was joining Greek life for, like, sisterhood and, like, that's bullshit. Like, I did the same thing. Bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I convinced myself that that was it. No, no. In hindsight, like, it was 100% an access thing. Like, I was well aware of the fact that, like, as a Black middle-income woman, like, there was only so much that I would be able to achieve without connections. And, like, I was like, okay, let me go surround myself with, like, the richy rich. Yeah. Because, like, I know that it'll end up working out in my favor. And, like, I wanted the social access. And, like, the way white men validated me post-rush being in Kappa. Like, I remember being online, like, busiest weekend of the school year, like, trying to get into a frat, and this kid, like, wouldn't let me in. And then I remember, like, I flipped my hair behind my shoulders, and he saw the Kappa sticker on my dress, and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, who are you? Like, where are your friends? Like, literally trying to rush me in because he didn't want to get in trouble with, like, the pledge master. Yeah. Because he knew that, like, if, if he didn't let it happen, like, it would be, like, a really big issue. And, like, the the social clout of Kappa Kappa Gamma at Vanderbilt was unparalleled. Like, I could get in anywhere. Yeah. I could bring anyone with me. And as a result, like, with my Black friends, I kind of became, like, that person who, like, you hit up when you want to go out. Yeah. Um, so, like, I was carrying some of my friends, like, their social experiences and then I was also, like, carrying a lot of people academically because I was, like, sharing the test bank with everyone and their mom, yeah. especially Black people. I was like, oh, my God, like, you're a failing chem. Like, let me send you the next 10 tests you're about to take. Yeah. You know, like, things like that. Um, and I knew that all these things existed before I joined. However, I did not think that the level of, like, microaggressions that I received, particularly throughout the... Um, the president thing would have been great also there was like a general lack of support after my friend died which is what kind of like made me pull back from it yeah. um like they died like he died and um there were only a few other girls in the sorority who knew him because they were in his freshman orientation group and they asked me to talk about him and like it was two days after my my friend had killed himself and I knew he had killed himself because they told us and they didn't tell us how but I knew that that was what it was and I'm like in fucking shambles like I, I didn't go to class for like a month like yeah. fall of my senior year I almost failed everything like it was literally the end of the semester and I was like going to my professors I was like I'm begging you to pass me on the content of my character because I cannot take it incomplete because I want to get out of this place as fast as possible immediately, immediately. like it was to the point where I was in the dean's office like okay I have nine credits left to my degree like can I do credit by examination and I and they were like what and I was like listen I will go take the next three level Spanish classes like I speak Spanish I was like I will take them to get nine credits in the College of Arts and Sciences like I don't care yeah and like they wouldn't let me do it because they were just like this is a trauma response like you need help you need counseling and like the university forced us to go to like this mandated group counseling sessions like that took place over like a couple months because they were like so concerned yeah and the university is also, like, at partially at fault in my friend's death. Like, they don't want to admit it. But, like, if someone's on suicide watch and, like, you you miss the time that you're supposed to watch them and then they end up committing suicide, mm, you yeah. probably fucked up. Yeah, that's you. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that's on them. That's on me. 100%. Like, I understand that, like, when you want to kill yourself, like, that's a personal decision. But, like, the university has some fault in this. Um, and I remember speaking in front of the sorority and I, like... 
I was crying and I was like, Vanderbilt University is the worst hood I've ever been in. And I am legitimately from the hood. I was like, this shit is ridiculous. Yeah. And this one girl, I'm not going to say her name because I don't even want to give her enough credit in this. She rolled her eyes at me yeah. and I looked at her and I just remember thinking, you fucking bitch. Like I have driven you to New Orleans and back for yeah. Mardi Gras. Like you have sat in my car, you have sat in my home and drink my wine and smoke my weed you You've bitch t- taken my stuff and like that's what you're you gonna bitch. get back and like this is what you want to roll your eyes at when my friend just hung himself in his dorm room yeah go to hell that was when i cr- that was when i like cranked out between that and this one girl trying to lie on me and say that i told her that a black man at a date party was selling cocaine absolute cap yeah. absolute cap to the point where like we had to have diversity training in the organization when I was essentially forced into becoming diversity and inclusion chair because I would be good at the job and it's like why am I good at the job yeah because I'm black like like I didn't know a thing about diversity outreach now I do because I was essentially forced to learn it but it was just like are you kidding me so with that I just stopped going a chapter like I I stopped going I stopped paying my dues and then in May of 2020 George Floyd dies and I had posted a TikTok where I was essentially criticizing something that Israel was doing. And someone was like, oh, you're anti-Semitic. And I was like, that's cap because literally 25% of my DNA is Sephardic Jew. Like my grandfather's a Sephardic Jew. Like it's like bibs. I'm not a hater. I'm just like, I'm just a politics major. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm telling you that I'm this is a human rights violation. Yeah. Like, I'm criticizing Israel. I'm not criticizing Judaism. Like, I can't criticize what I am. Like, use your brain, you know? Um, so these girls band up, and they send this message. They're like, we just feel like this was incredibly hurtful, blah, 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 blah. And then this black girl, right before they sent that, she had said, I just find it really weird that none of you are talking about the fact that a black man was killed in Minneapolis, and, like, there's wide-scale protests, and, like, none of you are talking about it. Yeah. Um... And instead, white women, white women, and they made it about them. And what happened was, like, the most insane thing I've ever seen at Vanderbilt University. Um, So Taylor, this black girl, she was like, I'm fucking done with y'all. Y'all suck. And she just leaves the group chat. And I send a message where I was like, well, I guess you know what it's like for the shoe to be on the other foot. Like, oh, you finally feel some oppression. Like, I'm really happy for you. Yeah. And this one girl tries to tone he tries to tone police me and I'm like you know what fuck y'all like I'm tired of this like I'm not doing this like this is not worth my mental health I don't want to be affiliated with you and keep in mind like this is like after graduation yeah so like I'm considered alumni status at this point and I immediately send an email to like the national membership chairman and I'm like my name is Sidoni this is my member ID this is when I was initiated I'm dropping yeah like I don't I was like I don't ever want to be a part of this like you suck yeah and over the next like eight hours every single black woman and Kappa Kappa Gamma leaves. Most of the women of color end up leaving. So like the Hispanic girls, the Asian girls, like everyone ends up leaving. Over the course of the next month, the like abolished Greek life movement at Vandy starts and it gains crazy traction. Like 40% of all the people who are in Greek life just ended up leaving. And Vanderbilt will obviously never let Greek life die. Like ever, it's like SAE alone at Vandy contributes to like 15% of alumni donations each year. But it was very interesting to see because the whole point of Greek life at Vandy is social asset, social access, social clout, like political access, like all these things. Like the past like 10 BSG presidents, like seven of them have been involved in Panhellenic or IFC Greek life. You know, like 
it's a very, very, like, ingrained thing, especially because it's an SEC school. It's no way, like, Alabama or, like, UGA. But it's intense. It's definitely more high stakes than, like, Rush at Columbia, you yeah. know, like, because it's, like, 40% of the student body. Um, so overall, very, very interesting time in my life. And then Kappa Kappa Gamma took six months to release me from my membership. And the Vandy chapter, because I hadn't paid my dues, also threatened to report me to a credit bureau. <laughs> because i didn't pay my dues um it's like not that which deep. i was like it's not that serious um so i gave them their final i think it was like 1800 dollars i'd owed them over the course of two semesters um and i just said fuck it like please don't yeah, ever please contact, contact me again you. because i'll be damned i'm a grown-ass woman and you're trying to tell me what i can and cannot post on social media that's ridiculous you're trying to tell me that like i remember i got interviewed by um by the wall street journal for an article about yeah. this and they were like you cannot talk about that and i was like no fuck you they're like yeah. you cannot be featured in the new york times you cannot and i was like but i can like i'm but i can i'm grown I'm, yeah. I'm a grown woman and like you are not under any circumstance going to tell me what i can and cannot do as an adult grow by like so you know it was really clipped for them. And, you know, I hope the Epsilon new chapter of Kappa Kappa Gamma is doing well. And specifically want to shout out the advisor, Lisa Link, who when all the Black women left the organization was crying on a Zoom and then went and posted on her Facebook. If these people would just stop, and I quote, if these people would just stop looting, everything would be fine. Yeah. Like, girl, it's a target. You mad because people stole Meyer's soap? Like, calm oh, down, girl. Like, yeah so i had to unfriend her on facebook yeah. and i was like i don't even want to be around you yeah. like so it was vanderbilt was a fever dream wow but again it was it was free um so you know very thankful for a top 15 education that didn't cost me any money yeah um always thankful for that but yeah. <laughs> overall they were playing in my face yeah. for a good chunk of it specifically the last like year of it i just got the, a flashback um whenever you segued into the part about george floyd and may of 2020 michigan kappa kappa gamma had a similar experience and it, the only reason i bring it up is that it was also kappa where a bunch of group chat uh like a group chat of kappa girls got leaked and it was incredibly racist like it was I'm way, not shocked. It was way beyond a microaggression. It was blatant racism. And half of the chapter left. And I'm not shocked. Like and, and and I remember it all happening and being like, fuck yeah, everyone leaves. I don't like Greek life. Like big problems with it. And Michigan Greek life, I would say, like, I don't want to make it's up heinous. A, it's heinous and it's ninety five percent white. Like I don't want to make up a number, but that's just what I'm thinking. Like that's what I can gather yeah. from being a part of it and looking around. And all of these girls were like because it was a small microcosm group chat of Kappa girls. It was, like, nine girls. And half of their PC was, like, I'm not affiliating with this shit. This is ridiculous. And I was, like, at least you guys left. Like, Kappa's still there at Michigan, and I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, during the summer of 2020, we also had this thing where a video went around of this white boy and, like, these two white girls saying the N-word. And I remember it as a response. This was when I was, like, real heinous on TikTok. This was, like, 30,000 followers just kind of, like, walling out. Yeah. I made a video where I posed, like, all the white people I went to college with who said the N-word. So, you know that JoJo pose yeah. song? And I would, like, do the pose yeah, and it would flash to them. <laughs> and, like, I still have it. Like, it, it's on my TikTok on, like, friends only. So, like, obviously you could just scroll down and watch yeah, it and see it. it. <laughs> but, like, when I tell you the calls, I would, people were like, I'm going to sue you. I was like, do it, bitch. 
bitch. Oh, that's I was like, do it, bitch. It ain't slander if it's true, ho. I got yeah. evidence. Like, what do you mean? Like, people would be like, my dad's a university president. I'd be like, I don't care what your daddy does. Like, like yeah. I'd be like, start. you should have thought about that before you were saying nigga. Like, yeah. you know. You really should have thought. And when I tell you I had these people in a chokehold, like, Vanderbilt University was scared they were of me. Like, they were scared. <laughs> they were like... It. They were like, oh, my God, she's coming with a vengeance. Like, I literally was on my Instagram story airing out, showing videos, yeah. texts. Like, I was like, oh, this is this your group chat with, with your frat brothers? Is like, this your group chat them. with your AE pie bros? Like, yeah. I would be tagging everybody and their mom. Yeah. And I, like, oh, my God, it was insane. Like, because there was nothing to do. I was in my house. Yeah. I was locked up, so I would be sitting in the backyard. Quite literally sitting in the backyard on the chairs, like, Smoking a J, just like, hmm, I'm choosing violence. Yeah. Like, just yeah. sitting down like I'm choosing violence because someone needs to hold you also, accountable. Also, you have receipts. It was like, I have receipts. So yeah. it's like, is it slander? If it's no. true, babes, like, no. And that that TikTok, it was only, it was two of them. They were only up for four hours. And they got like 100,000 views combined. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Well, well, wait, tell me when you started TikTok. Like, when did it, when did you take off? Like, what was the viral video that started to get you the following? Yeah, um, so I started off as a TikTok brand ambassador, which is just, like, some BS that I needed because I, like, wanted to make money and didn't want to keep asking my mom to send me, like, $70 every week to buy groceries. Yeah. Um, so I posted this video. It was the day I graduated from college. I had on my Vanderbilt cap and gown. And my cousin, who at the time was nine, I believe she just turned 10 this year. Um, at the time she was nine, she recorded me lip syncing to Savage, like the opening lyric of like the OG song where it's like, I'm that bitch, been that bitch, still that bitch. Yeah. And I captioned it, when you graduate from Vanderbilt with honors, zero debt, and a full-time job at Google, I went to sleep. And I had, like, 64 followers, like, when I went to sleep. Yeah. I woke up the next day, and it had, like, 50,000 views. This was at the time when, like, 50,000 views on TikTok was huge. Yeah. Um, and I had gained, I'd gotten, like, 4,000 followers. And then people were like, well, how'd you pass the Google interview? So I made a video on that. That one also did really well. Um, the first video ended up getting, like, 300K, I think. That one also did really well. Another set of followers. Then I just started making a career in college videos because that's, like, what I knew. Um, and that was, like, what got me, like, the first 10K, the first, honestly, like, the first 60,000 of my followers, like, followed me for career and college advice. Yeah. Then when I started my job at Google, I was, like, I don't want to be the career bitch. I'm not LinkedIn. I'm not the cruise. And I'm, like, I don't care this much. Like, that. I'm making this content because you're... Exactly. I was like, I'm making this content because you're asking me to make this content, but also all of this is Googleable and none of you are stupid. Yeah. So like, go seek out that information. I'm tired. Um, and that's when like, I kind of just like stopped and I was like, I'm going to keep just making what I want to make. So I started making like vlogs and stuff. And I was shadow banned on TikTok for six months, not a single video hit the for you page in six months, um, which was disheartening. Then TikTok added me to this incubator program called Learn on TikTok, where I had to create two educational videos each week, which was like, I hate it because I didn't want to do that. So I would just kind of like switch it up into ways that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly I was back on the For You page. So that's, that's suspicious. That's, that's weird. That's weird. Um, but <laughs> that was real weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so made it back on there. And then I just kind of started like blogging, 
doing like a, a smidgen of career stuff but it was mainly just like life and like me spending money yeah because those are the things that make me happy and those are the things I like to watch um and I kept doing that and like I originally like rebranded as like your lifestyle luxury and career bestie and then one day I sat down and I was like no the luxurious big sister you never had I was like yeah. that is my brand it like is. that is who I am yeah exactly so, and like now it has worked itself out and like it's all good so I want to ask so we know you work at Google we know you're killing it what are your favorite luxury brands because if this is what you're passionate about like I'm fucking passionate about luxury goods like do I have a lot of them not really do I like to look at pictures of them yes <laughs> oh my god yes okay currently right now I'm obsessed with Bottega the mini Jody bag I will never sit down and buy that bag because it is just so expensive for what it is but I am about to rent it on Vivrel 100% because yes. I'm about to send back the Saint Laurent um purse that I've been using for a while I love the purse but I really want the mini Jody. yeah um so yeah, I'm obsessed with Bottega. Everything they're doing right now is insane. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's like Mirror Palais, like like a small little atelier, like in France. Gorgeous, gorgeous clothes. Oh my fucking god, gorgeous clothes. And tried and true will always be Chanel. Yeah. I would go to war for Chanel. I would also go to war for Hermes, but um, I'm just I don't think I'll ever hit that 25k spending threshold to get a Birkin. Like I was gonna ask, are you ever? Do you ever see that in your future? I see that in my future if I take an extended trip to Paris and go to the flagship store every single day requesting a leather appointment. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, I have friends who have gone to Paris who have never bought a single thing from Hermes and have been able to buy Birkins just off the strength of pretty privilege and looking rich. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. Bye. I'm going to do that. But, like, I buy very arbitrary things from Hermes. Like, I just bought my mom, like, a set of plates because she wanted a new China, China set. It's gorgeous. China's gorgeous. I love shit like that. You know, that's why, like, I can't wait for my rich mom phase. Like, I cannot wait for my brownstone to have a fucking credenza filled with glass and shit. Like, I can't wait for that. Yeah. It's going to be so exciting. The other day, Avery was like, one day, like, we can move to the Upper East Side. And I was like, one day we can move to a brownstone. One day we're not moving to the Upper East Side. Exactly. We're not doing the Upper East Side. Be like, Upper West, sure. Gramercy, Upper West. Exactly. Be like, I'll maybe give you West Village, Chelsea. This man knows nothing about New York. He's like, I love Times Square. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Because that's so on brand for him. And it's like, it it literally sends like a shiver down my spine. Because I know he's saying that unironically. That's the thing. And I know that Alex probably looks at him like, like what are you uh, saying like, right are now you good? and then Avery's like the air in Times Square just smells like New York and I'm like I think you're confused it smells like piss rats and halal food but like I guess <laughs> like if the... <laughs> you know what Avery Avery is innocent, yeah, and yeah. I will always love him for that like he's just incredibly unproblematic and he smiles <laughs> all the time like he's just I just smiling. don't understand that. Like, how can you work a job that's that hard and just be smiling for shits and giggles? I, my, the muscles in my face would not even work yeah. if I worked Avery's job. I'd be like, no, permanent frown. No, and the thing is, like, after he works, like, a 12-hour workday, he'll meet me for dinner, and he's like, hi, with this, like, beautiful, like, toothy smile. And I'm like, if... See- okay, first and foremost, how... Well, I know how you guys met, but how... 
the hell did you find a finance man who gets off work and is like, let's get dinner? It's girl, what? It's crazy. Like he, I just like noticed immediately. Like he always says this, and it's actually like changed my outlook on life. That he's all about experiences, and he like thinks of every day of his life as an experience that he gets to live. And that's why he, like, loves to do crazy things like travel or, like, skydive or, like, anything like that. Um, and I just, like, don't know how he is, like, how he is. Because he definitely has hard days and, like, I've seen it happen. But, like, he's in earnings right now. And I'm in Jersey for the week. And I'm coming back on Thursday. And he's like, do you want to go on a date on Thursday night? And I'm like, you're in earnings. Like, I'm in a bad mood for no reason. And I don't even, like, I, I like, am creating content all day. And, like, you're always in a good mood. I don't get it. But, like, I guess it's just, like, also the southern Texas thing. Like, they're just nice down there. Yeah, he is just, like, I, I've i never understood Avery in the five years that I've known him. Like, that's why it's just, like, it's so funny because he's always been like that. Like, always just been, like, an incredibly unproblematic, incredibly just, like, amazing outlook. Like, my best friend and him had two classes together their freshman year well our freshman year and I remember she would come back and like she like knocks on my door this one day like very randomly in December and she's like do you know Avery and I was like curious and she's like yeah and I'm like what like why are you asking me this this is such like a very arbitrary question for like December you know we're four months into college babe and she's like I've been in class with him for like the entire semester and he's just so smart. Like, they took a, a class was called, like, Black Jewish Relations. Yeah. And she's, like, he's so smart and just so calm. And I, she's, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how, how can one be so chill? And I was just, like, Is it the weed? girl, I don't know, but that ain't us. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel it like might be, shit. <laughs> I was, like, I don't know, girl. But, but it doesn't have that oh effect well. on me, so, like, I'm not thinking it is. <laughs> Um, but back to New York. Do you see yourself no, in New York he, forever? He kills me. He kills me. Um, sorry that I just interrupted you. I think you froze for a sec. But do you see yourself in New York forever? Like, are you in the New York long haul? No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm also, I'm going to turn my camera off. Just um, I don't know. I mean, I've lived here my entire life. I have no memories of living anywhere else. Um. I love New York. I think I can only stay in New York if I am married to someone who makes the same amount or more money than me. Because New York is becoming more and more unaffordable. And I need that double income to want to stay here. Like, I'm currently looking at apartments and I'm like, damn, $2,800 is a lot of fucking money for 500 square feet. You know, like, that's a lot. And I don't like roommates. I won't be living with any because I'm not good with them as an only child. Um... So, you know, we'll see. But, like, I, ha- I have this thing, and I, I tell my friends this all the time, and they tell me it's incredibly shallow. But, you know, when you go to college and you, like, meet new people, like, the first week, and you ask people where they're from. And at Vandy, it was a big thing for Chicago. People were like, oh, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, where? Because, like, I'm pretty familiar with Chicago. And they'd be like, oh, like, 15 minutes outside. And you'd be like, where? And they'd be like, Naperville. That's an hour away. Like, that's what are you saying? Way. Exactly. And people would do that with New York. They'd be like, yeah, I'm from New York. And immediately that connotation means like the city yeah um and then you ask them where and they'd be like oh i'm from ardmore not ardmore is that it no that's pennsylvania they're back from armonk or like larchmont scarsdale 
Katona. And I'm like, baby, you're from upstate New York. Everything about the Bronx is upstate. Just say it. Like, don't just say where you're from. Like, be, like, I never understood why, like, people are not proud of the suburban utopias that they were raised in. It's like, you were raised in a society that had no police. Like, you were raised in a society with thriving small businesses and, like, two of your parents and like you you got a car like you you lived like such a nice and privileged like why are you ashamed of it like it's okay just say where you're from and like i don't want my kids to be the kids talking about i'm from scarsdale like getting checked by a kid who's from brooklyn like i don't want that being my children so i think i might stay here but i mean i also like really enjoy the dc area like i like atlanta I think for me, it's really just going to come down to like where my career takes me because even though I don't dream about labor, I enjoy power. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might be one of those things, yeah. but we'll see. I'm honestly just hoping that somebody's son will retire me from the capitalism game. Yeah, that's the dream. Well, okay, so I want to talk about content because I feel like you're headed in that like retiring from your capitalist <laughs> thing to do content, but what is your career dream like as it stands right now? Like every door is open. What do you want to do? If every door is open, even though I do not dream about labor, I think I, I think content creation would still be like a side hustle thing. I'm very nervous about doing that full time, primarily because like, it's very difficult to do it as a black woman, like where like I have friends who are lighter skinned with smaller followings who will get offered more money than me um which is like really ridiculous when like I know I have higher engagement and more followers like yeah like my videos consistently are going crazy and it's like that becomes really upsetting and like it's very fickle plus I really enjoy having health insurance um so Google health insurance goes crazy (laughs) that definitely goes off (laughs) like the way I go to the dentist like it's nothing you're like Um, you know my dentist like I'm like like I just went to the dentist today and I was like Dr. G like I have some pain like can you check it and she's like oh my god you need a filling and she does the filling in like 50 minutes and then the, my dentist is across the street from the office and I just walk back in the office and like go back to work like yeah. that is unparalleled for me so I don't think yeah. I would ever leave like my job job I think what I would do I would love to work at a record label doing like multicultural music marketing. That's sweet. That would be so, so fun for me. Like I would be obsessed just like leading all the copy for like artists like Cardi B and like Normani. Like that would really be exciting. Um, Also, there's like a little part of me that wants to be like cottage core, like, you know, in the in the vineyards in France, like riding a bike with a basket and like a yellow sundress. With a baguette. exactly and then there's like another part of me that like wants to go back to denmark and be that mom who has like her kids on the bike like one kid in the car seat in the front the other kid in like the little wagon yeah like i don't know like i like i said i just want someone's son to retire me from this like (laughs) because if i was if i was a kept woman you know if i was a kept woman then consecration would be my full-time job yeah because it would just be like, oh, this is fun. Because like you're paying for everything and you're yeah. handling it all. And I'm um, fucking vibing. And I'm here making brand deals. Like, yeah, yeah, babes. Like, and I promise you, if I'm still on the internet, by the time I'm experiencing major life switches, like, you know, getting married, having a child, I will 100% without a fucking doubt be making content for that yeah. shit. 100%. Oh, yeah. And it was so funny. Someone someone asked me recently, they were like, 
how come you don't post the guys you're dating? And I was like, I would never post a man I'm not married to. Like, that is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why? And I was like, you will never catch me post a man unless I'm getting married. Unless there's a fat ring. And, like, unless a fat-ass ring. And even with that, you probably won't see him until the wedding. And more than likely, a brand will have sponsored it. Like, I bet you money it's going to be, like, the not. Like, no. <laughs> I'm not posting them it's for like, free. architectural <laughs> digest, you in a mansion, and that's when they see the picture. Like, exactly i'm gonna pull up like married. Easter ray i'm gonna yeah. pull up like Easter ray be like yeah like you know somebody's husband was here somehow all my girlfriends had on the same dress like really crazy like <laughs> you'll never like you'll never see me post someone's son that is like my worst fear because yeah. i don't ever want to be embarrassed my roommate and, like, is like that she's like i literally will not post a boyfriend until we're married and then i'm gonna post a photo at our wedding and people are gonna be like what the fuck she even had a boyfriend no literally that's how i feel and like I'll, I'll keep a lot of things on the close friends like yeah. <laughs> like if i'm dating a dude like he'll, he'll probably pop up on the close friends but my close friends has like 12 people so yeah. it's like, it's like super close you know, like super close it's like you guys are not going to see any like the guy i was like most recently dating like no one knew he existed kind of like cool. no one knew he existed so when that ended people were like wait why are you sad and i was like oh i forgot to tell you i was in a relationship and it ended <laughs> <laughs> which is why it's so funny it's, yeah. it's funny actually before i agreed to come on the podcast i texted him and i was like hey like I'm going to talk about you, um, and I just yeah. want to give you, like, a warning, because, like, a decent amount of people listen to this podcast, yeah. and um, no one's going to know it's you, but, like, I'm going to know it's you, and you're yeah. going to know it's you, so heads up. Yeah. I was curious to ask you about dating in New York, because I know before I, like, met Avery, I was kind of, like, anxious dating in New York for, like, a variety of reasons. Number one, just being, like, the whole stigma of, like, dating in New York, but also I feel like when you're doing things on the internet it creates like a weird thing and I feel like every time somebody found out that I like did content on the side of work or school or whatever they were like weird about it so I was wondering like what your experience has been like slash also do you ever find that men are intimidated by your job because I feel like there are some dick-ass men in New York City first I want to read you a message I received on hinge from someone who followed me on instagram i not on instagram on tiktok i was so like um i've never wanted to shake more in my life i was like i'm gonna throw up this happens a lot though like for example today i did two interviews for the apmm program and both of them are like oh i follow you on inst i follow you on instagram i follow you on tiktok like every time i do a google interview like people are like oh i know you and it makes it really awkward because like especially when they don't perform and I'm like oh shit because then it's like now you have a way to contact me to ask me questions and like that level of access is like very very um is very very less like uncomfortable for me yeah but this kid responds to my hinge and goes oh let me like let me get into character drop in I think it's destiny that I'm seeing you here because I've seen you somewhere else. Clock emoji, thinking face emoji. And since then, you've been tick, T-I-K, ticking in my mind. So I'm trying to talk, T-O-K. Oh my God. I I matched with him specifically to be like, go to hell. What did you, did you respond? No. That is so (laughs) fucking bizarre. 
frankly. That is so unhinged. I've, like, because of content, I've had people shoot their shots in link on, like, LinkedIn DMs, yeah. um, which is, like, weird. I've had people make videos on TikTok that they, like, tag me in, and then I report it as harassment because I'm like, this is not like, okay. This is not how I was choosing to date. Like, I'm not. This exactly. Is a thing. So I, I personally really hate it when people recognize me because it's, like, one, like, I'm, an, I'm by no means a huge account, but it just, like, makes things awkward, and, like, yeah. my anxiety is just, like, who girl, pop the Xanax. Um, yeah. Men are intimidated by what I do for work because they know I make more money than them. Yeah. Um, especially because I've disclosed the amount of money I make. Like, men get very, very insecure about it, and it's like, okay, so get a job that makes more money to me then. Like, that's just how I feel about it. Like, yeah. if it's something, like, I had this, I went on a date with this one guy, and he was like, I think you should pay for this. And I, like, I snorted. I was laughing so hard, I snorted. I was like, no. <laughs> and he said, and he said, why? Like, you make more money than me. And I was like, remind me of your gender again? Yeah, remind me of your gender again. This is for girls only. This is for girls only. Okay. <laughs> oh. What are you talking about? And, like, that's not to say... I don't cover the bill during dating, but that's like an ex like for example, the guy I was just seeing, like, I think on our fourth date, I paid for it. Cause it was like, okay, you paid for three, like, and all our other dates would be like they're supposed to be like two hours, they'd be like twelve hour long dates. No, yeah, like, that's my rule too. By the fourth date, you can offer. But the first date, yeah. they chose those should be covered. Exactly. They should be covered. So like on the fourth date, I, you know, he asked me where I wanted to eat. And I, I, kind of, I usually hate that question, but I, I understood him as a person by that point. And I told him, I was like, I know this Italian spot um, in Flatiron. I really love it. It's a personal favorite. Um, I think we should go. So I got us a reservation. And, you know, I, like, ordered everything on the menu that I thought was good and, like, let him have it. And, like, he really, really enjoyed what he had. And um, I paid for that. And I didn't even yeah. feel bad about it because, one... I got two times the miles on my Delta Platinum Amex, so that was nice. Like, that was, like, great. That's, like, half a flight right there off yeah. the strength of these miles. Um, and it was fine, and, like, we had a wonderful time together until it was not wonderful. Um, but those early days were great. <laughs> the other thing is, like, he showed demonstrated interest in the first three dates by paying for you, asking you out again, all those things. Exactly. Like, by the fourth one, if you want to pick it up, it's fine. But I think it's so fucking rude when someone's like, well, you make more money than me, so. Exactly. And I'm like, and what's your point? Like, like, that's not what this is about. Exactly. I was like, do not disrespect me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Serious. Do not fucking disrespect me. Like, that is something, one, like, I exist in a space where, like, I've come to terms with this recently that, like, I'm going to just allow feminine energy to take over me because I feel like, one, as a black woman, like, I'm not expected to be soft. Yeah. I'm going to be soft. You're going to treat me well and take me out and buy me things. Wait on me. Because you don't, yeah, you're going to wait on me because you don't have these conversations with other women. And don't argue with me because, like, internalized misogyny and internalized racism has, you know, conditioned you to believe these things. Get the fuck out of here. You're, yeah. you're going to pay for this. And if we're taking an Uber, you're going to call it and you're going to open the door. And it's like simple Hell things yeah. like that. And it's it's so funny because when I was in college, um, the last date party that Kappa ever had was the fall formal. I took this guy named Jordan Reed. Um, and at the time, I had a huge crush on Jordan. Um, Jordan, if you're listening to this, hey, babes, what's up? Um, <laughs> Hi, Jordan. Uh, no, Jordan is like the nicest, one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. Like incredibly Love respectful. That. Like I... Like, you can tell that, like, he was raised in a loving home with parents who, like, taught him very basic but also very advanced manners. Yeah. 
and you know he comes to my apartment we're getting ready to leave I ask him which shoes um I should wear and he's like it doesn't matter you're gonna look great either way and I'm like oh okay thank you because you know like I'd usually just take in like friends yeah. and like we were friends but like this man is incredibly attractive like if you I'll, I'll send you the insta photo oh, he's fine as hell yeah girl he's fine as hell like I remember when I took him the next week the girls in cafe made him the snack of the week they were like that man was fine yeah, and I was like yeah girl hot. I was like, yeah, girl, I know. Like, it was given 6'3", like, chocolate, hair always cut, nails always kept. Like, that man is fine, objectively, yeah. dressed well. Um, and, you know, like, we're hopping in the Uber, and I'd called the Uber because we had Uber credit from Kappa to, like, use to go to these things. Yeah. And I, like, go to open my door, and he, like, runs <laughs> to, like, grab the door. That's how it should be. And I was like, oh, no, I got it. And he was like, oh. no. And <laughs> just, like, open the door mm. You're like, what's going on? I'm not used to And this. I was like, oh, thank you. And it was so funny because, like, I'm still, like, friends with him. Like, you know, he's doing super well for himself. Like, he's in law school now. And, like, I love seeing his accomplishments and, like, how great he's doing. Yeah. But I think back to that because that was legitimately the first time in my life someone other than my father had held the door open for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's going to be, like, the norm in yeah. my life. And, like... Just because Jordan did that, like, that one little thing, now I'm, like, we're calling an Uber, we're hailing a cab, whatever. I'm looking at you, like, I'm not saying shit. I'm just going to stand there until you open the door and call the Exactly. Exactly. I'm just going to stand there. Because yeah. it's, like, I shouldn't have to tell you how to treat women. Yeah. You're an adult. Yep. You're in your 20s. And it's, like, the thing is, it's, like, most of the dudes I date are not 23. Like, they're anywhere from, like... 26 to like 40 so it's like bro yeah. you're grown if you are in your 30s if you are 31 32 years old and oh my god i remember this dude oh let me tell you the story Eli, because right. think about a 32 year old man when i went that day we met in the hamptons i met this guy at that party we end up getting dinner like he pays for me and my friend he's like really attractive dude that it's night fine. that night yeah fine as hell um so I texted him I was like hey like I think you're really attractive like I'd love to get a drink and he's like yeah so like he meets me out we have a drink and he was parked like six blocks away and I was wearing heels he was like I'll get the car and I'll swing around um he comes back to swing around and he's like parked and I'm like oh my god do I have to open this door myself and like he has like a low ride in like two-door car and I'm like okay great like you know men like they they love it they love a coupe yeah. Um, <laughs> so like I open the door and I sit down and I'm like this is an attractive man but like he's already losing points in my mind because yep. I'm like he's like nine years old like you were born in 1989 like he's nine years older than me you know like open the door you could have hopped out your car and like you could have opened that door while I told you I was coming out like yeah. it, and it's like when I tell you the outfit was giving the Nanushka top the silk the oh. black leather pants the heels, the heels. like I looked so good Eli like and you're like and oh, the least you can do is open the fucking door open my door yeah. like oh my god it like we never we never went on a second date because yeah. I was just like he was losing points like it, it was hard to converse with him at some points and despite the fact that he was incredibly attractive like honestly if he just hit me up and asked for something casual I probably just would have said fuck it because it was like yeah. <laughs> we don't need this we don't need um, a full relationship yeah, but I mean, he was like a, a good rebound date post. I'm going to call him Capricorn boy just because he used to call every Scorpio boy. 
want to call him Capricorn Boy, post Capricorn Boy, he was a really good rebound. Um, it's like, get me back yeah. in the second place. Yeah, you but, need that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because when I tell you, I was down horrendous. Like, I'm Which, just, that's a Capricorn. That's why. They're, Capricorns are really good. Okay, I think that they're really, really good at making you think that everything is fine because they don't show their emotions. So they blindside you. And I only know this because I grew up with a Capricorn dad and I have a Capricorn ex. So I feel like both the situations with those two people, I always I always thought were in the clear. And then they just come at you with something random and you're like, I didn't even know that was an issue. Or like, I you didn't share that with me ever. That's always what it was for me with Capricorns. But also I'm a Cancer, so like it could be, you know, the over-emotional aspect. No, he, um... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to get into it. No, no, no. I, I want to get into it because it's like we met on Hinge um, because he had a prompt and he was like his biggest date fail was getting robbed. And I I usually don't like message people first on Hinge. Like if you tell me to start the chat, I'll never start the chat no. um, because like I just don't like that. But um, I respond to it and I was like, I need to hear this story. Yeah. And he responds like a week later. Which is, like, hilarious. But I get it, because I don't open Hinge that often anyway. Um, and he's like, that's an in-person conversation, to which I respond back, then let's have it in person. Yes. And he's like, okay, what are you doing on Sunday? Like, let's get brunch. We get brunch. Um, and it seems, like, fine, like, attractive. Like, just my type. Because I like him, I like him dark and handsome. Yeah. He wasn't that tall. He was, like, 5'11". He was not that tall. Which, like, was shocking to me, because usually my type is, like, dudes who are over 6'2", because, like, I am so tall. Yeah. Um... And we had an amazing time. Like, we had brunch at this restaurant in Harlem called Melba's. I was, like, super hyped that he picked a black-owned place. Like, yeah. and then we ended up getting drinks at Harlem Tavern. And then we go back to this apartment. We're just, like, making out. Like, it's, like, great. We go on, like, a couple more days after that. Super, super fun. Fourth date. I pay. Obviously, at this point, we're, like, having sex. Like, great sex. Oh, great sex. So it's just, like, all around fire. All around fire. And then something in that man switches. <laughs> And the communication is not great. Like, you know, he's just, like, not what he was in the beginning. To yeah. which I texted him, and I was like, listen, like, if you don't want to see me, like, that's totally fine. Like, I just need you to tell me that so I can, like, move on with my life. And um, he was like, no, 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 that's not the case. So we're, like, hanging out. But then it kind of gets to the point where, like, we're not going on dates anymore. We're, like, like we're just eating takeout in your apartment. Like, yeah. That's, it's weird. Um, So... We were, like, talking about my birthday, and I went to Greece, and I, like, we FaceTime a couple times around the Greece, we're, like, texting, and, but he's, like, he's never been a good texter, and he's always been open about that. And I remember on the first date, I asked him, how would your ex, like, your most recent ex describe you? And he said, she would probably say I wasn't great at communication, to which I responded, I really value open communication. It's, like, my top priority, actually, so, like, yeah if you're going to continue to have dealings with me, like, I, I need you to, like, make effort on that. And he said he would. And then he asked me how my exes would describe me. And I said they'd probably say I was too accommodating, um, which is true. Like, I feel like my most recent ex would definitely say I was most accommodating prior to him. Um, and we go to Greece, and I, I texted him, and I was like, I just feel like something in you has changed. And, like, I don't like it. And, like, either rectify it or, like, we can let this go yeah and he's like we can let this go and I'm like okay wait wait Eli it gets better 
while he's texting me that my one of my friends from college is texting me and letting me know that another one of our friends from college has recently passed <laughs> so keep in mind i'm on the line at customs like i just got off that delta airlines flight from athens to jfk I mean, i'm like, on the line at sense. customs like quite literally going through global entry to take an uber back to my house and this is happening in like a three minute time span. I'm like in shambles. I'm on the global entry line. I'm crying because like one, yeah. like, one of my friends died. Two, I'm like, damn, I really like this guy. Like, yeah. fuck. So I'm just like going down horrendous. Post that, we end up just having like a very casual sex relationship after this because um, sex that. is good. Might it, as well. I'm like, I'm gonna get at me his credit. Okay, yeah. like I, I don't feel like men deserve rights. I don't feel like men deserve rights. I don't feel like men deserve credit for anything. Not wrong. But Capricorn boy was cracking my shit like, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> like, like top two and not two. And the thing is, I have a very extensive spreadsheet, Eli, like on Google Docs, of like every single dude I've ever slept with, and like every category. So like, I love it. it it's like two K my player, and then they get yeah. an average out of ten. He is quite literally the highest average. It's like a nine point eight one okay. out of ten. Like, like he only lost points on like minuscule things, like things yeah. that, yeah. No, he he was impressive. I'm gonna give him his credit. Uh, like, also, like, yeah. it's funny because both Earth signs. Like, I wouldn't expect that from like Earth sign men. No, I, no, I know. I wasn't expecting it either, girl. Because the first time was a miss. We were like, we were so drunk, like it was not okay. Oh, um, exactly second time. Took an L, we bounced back. Like, that was, it was different. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, like, crack. I'm going to keep coming back. Yeah, I got to <laughs> keep going back. I knew, and we did that from, like, August. Like, the whole thing was, like, April to October. We did that from August to October. Um, And, you know, my birthday is middle of September. On my actual birthday that Wednesday, I did, like, a drinks thing with yeah. my close friends. And I, I invited him because I wanted him to be there. And he said he would come. And then, like, day of, he canceled, said he had a family emergency. And I'm just like, all right, fine. Like, I can respect a family emergency. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, he was going out of town that weekend. He's like, I'll make it up to you. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I see him, like, two weeks later on a Wednesday because I went to a gala and, like, it was nearby his house. Um, and, like, I don't even know how to explain what happened. He's essentially like, I'll see you this weekend. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we had plans for Sunday. Yeah. Saturday night, I'm out with my friends. I texted him at, like, 3. He didn't respond. I texted him again at, like, 11, no response. So Sunday rolls around, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. Because I'm like... I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm getting annoyed because it's like, I really like this guy. Like, I, I enjoyed, like, who he was as yeah. a person. And I liked being around him. Like, and it was so funny because one time he asked me something. And, like, it was, like, right after we'd ended things, I was, like, in his bed. I was, like, crying. And, um, and I was, like, you know, it's kind of upsetting because, like, you feel so familiar. Yeah. Like, he, like, at one point, he literally felt like, he felt like home was the best way to describe it. Like, it was yeah. simple, it was easy, until it wasn't. Um, and, oh, also, wait, let me backtrack a little bit. During the two-week break that we had for me coming back from Greece and us doing something casual, I'd, I'd asked him, I was like, have you hooked up with anyone else? Like, have you had sex with anyone else? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, who was she? Um, like, first thing, I'm like, was she white? I'm like, yeah. I want to know if she was white, because, like, you be walling sometimes. 
And he's like, no, no, she wasn't, but, like, she was ethnic. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was, like, super calm when he told me this, like, yeah. didn't react. Went home, was bawling my eyes out. He's like, yeah, oh, my it God. Hurts. Like, sick to my stomach. Like, I was so upset because, like, I was not doing that. Um, no. And I was, like, I was in Greece turning down, like, turning down multimillionaires Holy in God, Greece who were trying to talk to me at the beach clubs. Yeah. Fum- fumbling my bag, Eli. <laughs> fumbling you missed my bag the goalpost completely. A five eleven man from the Bronx. <laughs> That's what happens. You get like sick. I know. Like, it makes fumbling you my sick. bag for a five eleven man from the Bronx because I was like, no, I literally thought I was like, oh my god, I think my uterus is gonna fall on my ass. Like I that's like how it felt. Yeah. Seriously, though. <laughs> that's how it felt. It was just so sick, yeah. and um. So, like, you know, to backtrack, it's like to fast forward a little bit to the thing about my birthday, him making it up to me. I don't hear from him that Sunday. So, on Wednesday afternoon, I sent him a long text. And he's going to be 26 in December. And I sent him a long text. And I was like, I'm tired of this. And, like, I think this is a poor reflection on me and how I feel about myself because I've allowed you to to do this. And, like, I I made life too easy for you. And, like, I cannot continue to make your life this easy. I'm done. You're pushing 30. You're pushing 30. Okay? And, like, as, like, immature, you're you're treating me like you... Like, you're treating me like if we're 15 and, like, trying to hide a relationship from our friends. So, like, we're having hidden moments in a staircase. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, and I, I really, like, laid it out. Like, I... I was ripping him a new asshole. He responds the next day and he's like, on Friday night, I got in a fight at the bar. Like, my ribs are bruised. I lost my phone. And I just got my phone back. This is the first thing I see. And you're like... <laughs> and I kind, of, I kind of felt bad at first, but then I realized you have two computers. You have a MacBook and you have your work computer. Yeah. No. And here's the thing. Even if you tell me that, you know, you had to log out of iCloud because, you know, your phone was stolen and, like, I understand that. Like, that happens. But there's a very big difference between me and just, like, some random girl you're talking to because my existence is on the internet. So, as a result, there are, like, ten different platforms that you can contact me on. Yeah. Like, you, you follow you follow me on Instagram. You could have logged into Instagram.com and sent me a DM, um, you know my name on facebook is my name like i have a tiktok account i have an email like you could have. but also in every single platform my email is listed in my bio i was like you could have just told me that yeah like that was an that was an active decision and like it's crazy because like obviously we accept the love we think we deserve and like it was very clear that like unconsciously i thought i deserved that but it was like so disheartening to know that this man's well-being was like something that like was so like paramount to me like it was something I really cared about like I always wanted to make sure he was okay yeah and like it's like that was just not reciprocated yeah and like at one point I told him I was like you know I think you'd like hurting my feelings and he said no so when we like end things um you know he tells me he's been going to therapy and like like, that Olivia Rodrigo lyric really hit it was like oh I guess the therapist I found for you she really helped (laughs) Um, you know, and he's like, I've been going to therapy and my therapist told me I need to be honest with you. And like, I just like don't want a relationship. And like, I think you just like, he was like, it's not you. Like, it really is me. Like, you're perfect. It's like, it's not you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know it's not me. Like, got your fucking mind. I'm a catch, bitch. 
<laughs> fucking catch. Like, what are you Seriously. saying to me? Um, but and he's like, you deserve someone who like likes dogs and like wants like and because we had a whole thing where when my home flooded during Hurricane Ida, I needed a place to stay because my mom was on vacation. And, like, my house was moldy, and I had mold poisoning and, like, needed to get out. Yeah. And I asked him if I could come, and he was like, oh, are you going to bring the dog? And I was like, well, yeah, he's my dog. Like, yeah. what kind of question is that? Um, so we, like, that was an issue, and, you know, we ended things, and it was it was very amicable. But while we're ending things, I brought up the fact of, like, how, like, torn I was during you know, him telling me that he'd hooked up with someone else. And yeah. he goes, I know it's not worth anything now, but I lied about that. Like, I just wanted to see how you would react. And I literally go, you emotionally manipulated me for a reaction. I was just going to say that's emotional abuse. <laughs> and that's... that was, like, kind of when I knew. I was like, you can't, no. you can't keep doing this because, like, this is going to cause you pain. And, like, yeah. it's crazy because, like, on paper, like, this man checked every Eli like every box like and then the shit he would do would just show his fucking ass and my dumb ass even after all of that still went back that night that I went to the Apollo because he lives like super close by and he was like I wasn't expecting to hear from you and I'm like I wasn't expecting you to hear from me either yeah and yeah, we have, like, one last romp, and that was pretty much it. And it's funny because I have been, like, you know, doing my, like, winter cleaning for my closet, and I'm seeing, like, a lot of things that are his. Yeah. And you know, I've been setting them aside because I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I need to wash this. I need to go give this back. And then, like, literally today I was at work, and I was like, you don't actually need to go to Harlem to give anything back. Like, you don't have spend, like spend the $7 and just send that man his clothes through yeah. UPS. Like, you don't need to see him. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy that, like, it, it was definitely emotionally abusive. And, like, yeah. I think he's, like, understand. He understands his faults. Yeah. And, like, he's seeing someone and he's, like, trying to get help. But, like, I never thought that, like, me saying let's have a conversation in a person on Hinge would have resulted in the emotional turmoil yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I experienced for, like, the latter part of six months. And it's so sad because, like, now I'm, like, so on edge. Like, yeah. so on edge. That's what it with, does like, other to you. people. And, like, I just feel so bad because, like, I haven't been like this since I was, like, 18. Me and my yeah. high school boyfriend broke up because he was trash. Fuck you, Raymond. Yeah. Um, he was trash. And it's just, like, you know, I really hope Capricorn Boy is doing well. Like, I hope he you know, is existing in a space where he's able to be more in tune with his emotions. And I understand that it's a trauma response because he's told me that it's a trauma response. Like, you know, he's had to do things in his life that didn't allow him to be emotionally open, um, which I get, but like, I justified was still what he did to you. It's not justified. I was really hoping that we could have some type of compromise. And it's, like, so sad because I've had to sit down and think, like, do you love this man? Like, no, you don't. Because you could never love someone who treats you this poorly. No. Now, was there some very strong infatuation? Hell yeah. Was the dick dicking? Yes. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> very much so. So, you know, it's like, damn, that's so unfortunate that it played out that way. And it's sad because, like, there are just some days where, like, there's nothing I want more than to be, like, 
cuddled up in that man's bed, like, listening to Masego. Like... It sucks. It's yeah. It's always, like, that person sucks. that, like, love um, bombs you like that. That you yeah. get out of your brain until you meet someone that doesn't do that, but still gives the things that that person gave. Like, the adrenaline, the great sex, the connection, the infatuation, but they don't gaslight you and emotionally abuse you. Exactly. And I, like, I really hope he's doing well. Like, I want nothing more than for him to be happy. It's just so upsetting to know that the emotional labor and the emotional abuse that I endured and the therapy that he is now going through is going to be used to create a secure relationship with another woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I built you. Yeah, no, I heard something that was like, if you ever have a man that like really knows how to go down on you or like a man that like really treats you well, like, another woman predated you who taught him how to do that like they learn from other women so like be nice to all women no literally and it is so so unfortunate and like that like it literally makes me like it makes me shake like it makes me angry because like there's gonna be like he said he's taking a break from dating i don't know if i really believe that but there's gonna be some girl like in 2022 who is going to have a fully formed man because I experienced pain yep. when I could have just had that fully formed man. It's fucking annoying. I felt the same thing <laughs> with my ex. It's like the circle of life and women are die. Like, like in, within that circle of life of that man becoming fully formed, women are like collateral throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's fucked. It's, just, it's so sick. Like, it's so, so sick. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm I... so sorry. And I hope that, like, dating gets better for you as you like process this because like it, it takes time like you're not gonna feel better about this overnight or like I feel like when I went through a similar situation it wasn't even a year like it takes a fucking minute to get over that when someone does that to you yeah like it it's not ideal um it's not ideal at all but I'm working through it. Well, actually, just fired my therapist. I'm getting a new one next week. But um, we got a girl boss head hard. No, like we had to. I was like, girl, you. I was like, you're not working hard enough. So it's like, so I'm about to get a new one. Yeah, this is not it. Uh, yeah, like get we, that we just kind of insurance. Good. Yeah, no, they pay for it. Um, twenty six free sessions a year. That's they pay for it. Nice. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm working on it, but like, it does not make me any less sad, and it's crazy because like I thought I was like over it it's like i'm not over it like i'm so very much so in pain <laughs> like, yeah. very it's much okay. so in pain. Like, it's also really admirable and good that you're able to talk about it so freely now like yeah you can you've definitely processed it now it's time to like you know start walking forward but like you seem like you've really processed it like you no i, I definitely have it's like i i'm so like i'm not gonna say i'm at peace with it I've come to terms with yeah. the fact that, like, this is what it is. And, like, this is the end. Like, like I think, like, I look at it as, like, a plot line. Like, there, there is no more rising action. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no more rising action in this. Like, like we have, we hit a peak. We are at the end. The story yeah. is over. This is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. This is Mockingjay. Like, this is the end of the series. You know, yeah. there are no prequels. There are no sequels. Yeah. There's no movies. Like, this is the end. Um, and that is 
incredibly unfortunate and now that I, I hate that like I'm back in the dating pool because yeah. like I'm sitting here like filtering through these men and it's just like upsetting because like every time I go out like one I'm using dates as like dinner at this point because Google doesn't serve dinner it's right now do that. I'm just like oh Tuesday Wednesday Thursday boom let's eat um yeah. You're like, yeah, of course. Like, I'll get dinner with you. And I always ask to, like, do it somewhere near Chelsea Market. Yeah. <laughs> I can just walk. So, yeah, just walk so the day. Then, yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I can do catch steak. Yeah, like, perfect. sure. Knowing, knowing I hate catch steak. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, you know, it's, like, it's just so awkward to sit across from people now and, like, date them. Yeah, and, like, expend this level of energy. I just, yeah. like... It's so difficult to think about, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It is what <laughs> like, it is. Fuck dating. It is what it is. Fuck dating. Like, I'm just here, like, all right, where's my me cute? Like, yeah. where is my me cute? I'm tired. Like, I'm here, like, okay, where are the friends who are going to set me up on blind dates? Like, what is going on? I'm tired. More friends need to do that for people. Uh, like, whenever I got set up with Avery, like, I didn't consider Bernstein a friend because I didn't know him at all. Like, we were, yeah, I know. <laughs> we were literally matched on Hinge. Like, I did not know him. But, like, he did me a solid. Even though he was, like, a little bit snarky about it, he did me, like, a major solid. Like, I love that kid. I know. That's why I'm like, Princeton needs to start doing that for me. Yeah. I get so bad thinking about the fact that I've been friends with Alex for six fucking years and he's yet to do it for me. Yeah, come so. on. Like, I feel like he's kind of a matchmaker. That's what I'm saying. He's I was like, look at, what you've, look at what you've created. Seriously. Um, okay, well, I have one more question for you, and I think it's, like, a nice segue, because that was obviously, like, a really dense story about, like, a lesson that you learned, but I'm curious, like, what lesson you've learned in the last year of your life with TikTok and graduation and working at Google and, like, all of this shit you've endured and also, like, all of the success you've found. Like, what is, like, your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is that I would do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell Sorry. me you want to do it again. <laughs> I'm begging you not to do it again. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Capricorn man, I like, just... he can maybe get it one more time just physically, but that man does not deserve your attention or time. Yes, I just love that sound. Like, I love Porsche. I love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's an amazing um, sound. I would say there's different lessons from different things. For TikTok, I would say just post what you want. Yeah. Like, I've never posted a productivity video a day in my life, yet I have numerous huge productivity apps hitting me up trying to pay me, yeah. and I'm like, great, 4K, give me $4,000, because I know you got the budget, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also with TikTok, charge high. If you are not nervous when you send that response email, you left money on the table. If they agree Amen. immediately, you left money on the table. True shit. Like keep pushing and I think for me also it's like I've realized that my life and inherently the decisions that I've made are controversial like you know I'll post about working at Google and people will make long form responses about capitalism like if like if I give a fuck (laughs) what else am I supposed to do out here no and it's like I understand capitalism I like I understand you know inequity I get it but it's like well I'm at work like I'm not gonna quit my job and work somewhere that pays me less in a city that you know 70k makes you barely above the working poor like I'm not doing it um so you know because there are details of my life that are inherently controversial 
I'm just living through it. Like me being in a sorority is inherently controversial as seen in the virality of my most recent video, you know, yeah. things like that. It's like, I just don't care anymore. And like, I'm going to post it. And yeah. also I would say protect your peace. Like I have like 30 different keywords filtered in my yeah. comment thing. Like you can't, you can't even comment some shit. Like yeah. I, the minute you try to play in my face, I'll block people. Like yeah. <laughs> the minute I just like, don't care. It's like, I don't have to put up with it. I don't have to deal with it. And that's why I really fuck with Victoria Paris. Cause she just blocks. She, she deserves to block people. Like it's also like, if someone's yeah. bothering you, then get fucking rid of them. She blocked me. Exactly. I don't know if I block, I don't think I bothered her, but I'm blocked off her page. And I frankly, am not upset about it because like, if she, for whatever reason, I think she might've been annoyed with my content, but I'm all for people fucking blocking me if they're annoyed by me. Like I'd rather that than you comment something mean exactly just it's like me. just don't don't affiliate yourself with me like we don't need to engage we don't need to be this. friends like, you don't need to look at my stuff and i won't look at yours and we can exist in the same place and respect each other exactly it's like i don't i don't care you know like yeah. i'm just gonna live my life block them and and that's okay like um so I would say definitely block people with work. The biggest lesson is document everything. Oh my God, document everything. Every point of feedback you get, every criticism, document it all. Because people try to play in your face like if they never said the shit they said. Yeah. And like, Keep one thing record. I love is sending a per my last email response. Oh, yeah. oh my God, corporate clapbacks, per my last email. Um, there seems to be a disconnect yeah. As a personal fave, like if I if I send you an email that says there seems to be a disconnect, what I'm telling you're you is dumb. that you're dumb. You're not smart. Okay. Oh you know, like one time I sent an email where I said, I think the copy is a bit confusing. Perhaps change the syntax. Literally what I was asking in that was, Can you read? Yeah. Are you literate? <laughs> <laughs> because this shit don't make sense. I'm dead. You know? So it's like all of this to say live your fucking life yes. I'm at this point where like I'm done with like the validation and like I'm done with fighting like I'm posting what I want I'm living I'm working how I want and like I just have faith that it will all work itself out I have faith that whether it's now or a year or two years from now there's gonna be some man who I think is perfect who I am gonna love unconditionally and he will return the favor and it's yeah. like you know trust the universe the exactly i trust the universe the trauma of these experiences is not the sum of my life like that's yeah. how i just like have to deal with it because like there's nothing i can do like i like i can't i can't change capricorn boy <laughs> like yeah. you know he's a grown-ass man like he's gonna be 26 in a month like he yeah, his birthday's in a month. Oh, he's going to be 26 in a month. You know, like, he's not changing. That's just it. who he is. Yeah. Um, and somebody else will have to accept that shit. Yeah, not you. You're better than that. Not me. Not me. I've oh, listened yeah. to way too much. I have this this playlist called Fuck Him on oh, Spotify. I love that. And it's like, I've listened to that playlist way too much to <laughs> go back down. Yeah. But, you know, catch me in a weak moment, maybe a depressive state, you know, God forbid seasonal depression fuck me up, I would run back to get my shit, you know, one hand all frontal, mong, mong, like, you know, definitely to get my shit cracked Just one what? more time. <laughs> but you know, that I think that's a different... I think, I think that's feminism, like, on some I think it's like, fe fe it's the right to choose. Yeah, it is, it's it the is. Right to that's, that's choice. Right to choose. <laughs>
Exactly. It's just like how feminism is the right to choose whether or not I want to go to work and the right to choose whether or not I want to have a baby yeah, and yeah. all these other things. It like, just extends. It's, it's the right... Feminism is the right to get my back cracked. Hell fucking in yeah. A queen size bed in Harlem overlooking fucking Central Park. Might as well. <laughs> that is my life. But now I've decided I'm not living in Harlem at all because I don't really want to run into him. Because <laughs> all the apartments I looked at were like right by his apartment, and I was like, Nothing. no. That's me with the no, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to DC. My ex is there, and I feel like he permeates every single pore of the city. Like, and I'm just not. I love DC, but exactly. it's not really for me. Sometimes you gotta do shit for yourself. Yeah. You just gotta be like, you know what? I'm good. Like, yeah. Well, we need to get drinks in the city because, like, I really feel like there's so much more that, like, we need to talk about. Like, there's just so much more. And you're. Oh my God, girl. Yeah. Let's do it. So thank you so much for coming on. And I'm just really grateful that you came. Like, this is so enlightening. You're just so interesting and smart. And you're gonna take over the world and we're all gonna watch it. Even if it's oh my as God, thank you. the well. fucking hot housewife in France with the bike and the baguette. <laughs> That's when you share on the internet. I'll be waiting. Oh my God. I would love it. I'm actually planning a vacation to France um, for 2022. Oh my so. God. It's gorgeous. Well, thank you yes, so you know, much. So, we need rules for a vacation, Elon. Oh, yeah. I know. I need to get on that. I'm going to Nashville this weekend. So, maybe that'll oh be. Oh my God. My you know I got Rex, girl, because Avery's Rex ain't shit. No, wait. <laughs> it's so funny. Avery and Joey are mad at me because I posted being like, can I have Rex from women? And they're like, do you not trust us? And I'm like, I nope, no. No offense. No offense. Not at all. Because they're going to take you to, like, Edley's Barbecue, which is good. Um, and, like, Whiskey Row and say it's enough. And it, it's just not enough. I need enough. you to text me all your Rex. No, no, I will. I'll send them to you. And I'll also send you a guide one of my friends made oh, to Nashville. She runs, you. like, a, a travel blog. So. Oh, that's gorgeous. Well, thank you so much. You're the best. And this will be no out problem. next week. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. If you want to hit up Sidoni, all of her information is in the description of this episode. And I will see you lovely baddies next week. Love you.